0: Episode number seven. I can't believe we're here, honestly. Um, today we have a wife, a mom, a friend, but more importantly, a woman of God that is here to share her testimony for God's glory. So without further ado, Beto Movi. Soft clap, soft clap. <laughs> soft snap, snap, snap. How are you, Beto? Good,
1: good, Thank you.
0: <laughs> well, obviously, we know each other. We're friends, we're mom friends. Um, Christian mom friends Christian mom friends looking for more of those here's a quick plug for just Christian mom at the
1: bottom
0: <laughs> now accepting applications for <laughs> Christian mom friends. Um, so I just wanted to ask you like obviously the reason is about sharing our past tests for our testimony for God's glory. who were you? who was Veronica before God? who was G- BC before Christ?
1: So I feel like if you knew me before um, before Christ, it, you wouldn't recognize me. You'd be like, "Okay, I don't know who that is. Um, I was very rebellious, very manipulative, always needed to get my way. There was no way anyone was telling me no. Like mm. I was just very, very wanting to do it with my own strength. I felt like I felt like I was Wonder Woman, like, oh, I could do it. Hello, Z. It was a very Jezebelic spirit. like Jessie. I believe that I was delivered from a Jezebelic spirit. Um, but yeah. Just basically everything that falls under that umbrella mm-hmm. was everything that I tell us. What's under
0: that umbrella? Because some people don't know
1: manipulation. Um, okay, I'm coming a blank. Oh, it's okay. The devil in <laughs> my head.
0: Well, um, what, what like what did your life look like? What did you do? How did you like?
1: So, I was just very, I I didn't think I was broken at the time. Like, I thought that I was just doing the regular thing. Like, I was just living life the same way that everyone thinks they're living life, especially in Miami. Living life. Like, I'm just a Miami girl living my best life. Like, going clubbing, you know, drinking, smoking, doing whatever I wanted to do at whatever point in time. I didn't care whose feelings I hurt. I didn't care. I was just very reckless, yeah. very reckless, very, like, We're just organized, it. reckless, if that makes sense. Like, I had my job never late to work, you know? I would work out every day. Like, very organized type thing You probably Discipline. look at me and be like, oh, she's got it so put together. And, like, sure, I probably portrayed that, and I probably felt like I had it all put together. But now looking back, I'm like, wow, no, I didn't. Because I didn't feel a fraction of, like, the happiness, the joy, the fulfillment that I feel now. Yeah. I just thought this is what life is. And I remember thinking that sometimes, like, is this what, like, life is? Like, I'm already doing everything I should be doing, like, to live life to the max. Like, is this everything? Yeah. And I still felt kind of empty, kind of bored with life. And I was like, okay, I don't want this, like, for the rest of my life. But that's all there is. That's mm-hmm. That was my take on it. No one introduced me to, like, well, I wouldn't say no one introduced me to Jesus. I thought I already had Jesus because I grew up in a Catholic household. So I was like, okay, yeah, I went to Catholic school, like, I know Jesus. I like got he it. He knows me. I get the whole thing. It was too, like, religious for me. I did, like, you know, going to church. And I didn't like mass, but I like going to church. And I just, I don't know. Like, it was, I've lost my train of thought in my life. <laughs> but what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> like, who was better before like Jesus? With this? Oh, yeah. Like, I was just, like, an organized mess. But I thought it was, like, all that there was. And then after like encountering the lord i'm like yeah. wow there's so much more to life there's so much more that i still haven't even discovered still haven't even gotten to i don't even know where my life would be had i not encountered him in terms of like what would be my goals or my purpose i, I never even thought like oh what's my purpose i, I didn't care what my purpose was yeah so care. like
0: before you met god which we'll get there but mm-hmm. before you met god like what were those habits? You know, you said clubbing. You said out there yeah. in the world. Like, so, how can you relate to other, you know, listeners mm-hmm. that are still in there, that are still clubbing, yeah. that are still in the world, that are, like, this is life. I'm just living life, you know? Like, mm-hmm. how do we... How was that for you?
1: How did you actually feel? Why were you clubbing? So, <laughs> so <amazing. laughs> So I felt like if you didn't go out on like the weekends if you weren't clubbing if you weren't at a party if you weren't drinking you weren't smoking doing a wine night if you weren't doing something that involved either like drugs or alcohol or like sex then you weren't living living you weren't you were just being boring Mm -hmm. you were just oh but you worked during the week you were just being boring so Again, like back to like organized mess, like I had my boyfriend who's now my husband, but at the time he was my boyfriend and we were sleeping together. And to me, that was fine because, oh, I'm sleeping, but with my boyfriend. Um, Yeah, I'm having sex, but with my boyfriend. Yeah. It's not like- I'm I'm not just sleeping around. There was a period where, you know, I was doing that. Okay. But I quickly realized like, I do not like this. This is not going anywhere. It's not good. It's not going anywhere there's nothing fulfilling for it so i was like yeah no i'm mm-hmm. a i'm a boyfriend type gal yeah. that was that's where my head was at so i'm like i just need we need a, a good long term you know and i only dated kevin in that time because i thought he was safe and that's a whole other i can get into that okay what do you mean what do you mean by safe he was always pursuing me he okay. was kind he was honest he was exactly everything a normal girl would want but i was very self sabotaging mm. i always wanted the guy that would cheat on me the guy that would love a good treat toxic. me horribly. Yeah. So I always wanted the challenge or whatever. And not that Kevin wasn't a challenge because, like, I mean, he's like, to me, he's like a steal. Like, he's a total steal. <laughs> a so, like, how could I not? But at that time, I was like, no, he's too easy. He He's asking me out on dates. You know, he wants to, like, pay for me, be nice to me, compliment me. No, God forbid. <laughs> I don't want any of that. I'm like, no, no, no. I need someone who, like, treats me horribly. And, like, that was... Okay, so I just got a memory of something talk to me that i haven't i've only shared with maybe like three people okay so okay so my family doesn't even know this there's the there's the clickbait for you Mm. (laughs) my
0: family doesn't even know
1: so i was in the world and i was um with this guy that i worked with We were boyfriend and girlfriend. He had a fiancé that I didn't know about for a certain time of our relationship. Even finding out that he had a fiancé, still stayed with him while he was with his fiancé. And I was seeing Kevin at the same time. Okay. And I was sleeping with both of them at the same time. And um, I wanted everything. like Every fiber of my being wanted to, like, end things with this horrible man. And I couldn't. It w- I just, I couldn't. And I hated him. I hated seeing him. I just, I just, I was miserable, but I thought it was what I wanted because I'm like, oh, it's a challenge. It was a horrible dynamic. And I quit my job, cut my hair, of course, as girls do. Every woman. As girls do. About it change my life. <laughs> Did my nails, got a new car. <laughs> <laughs> she said, new girl, who's this? Yeah. And I was like, okay, that definitely turned a huge page for me because I'm like, I and I, I didn't, little yep. I didn't feel bad for anything I was doing. I didn't okay, feel bad for no conviction. I didn't feel bad for Kevin. I didn't feel bad for my family who knew what I was doing and were super against it because my sister who is like, ride or die. My ride or die at that time. We were not in, good, in a good place because of this, because she was like, I don't like what you're doing to Kevin. You're not being a good person. And I didn't care. I didn't care who I was hurting. Right. I did not, it was all about zero middle. conviction. Yes. And that's where I think like the Jezebel comes in. Like I had zero guilt. Zero. I I got like a kick out of it. Mm. You know? I was like, oh yeah. I'm so I'm so bad. I'm so this, I'm so that. And like I It's like a high. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't want like I thought I don't know how to say it. Like I was so numb that just feeling that high, I guess, of like power, Being it bad. felt like power. Mm. That's what it felt like. That I was like, I kind of liked it, but then it's like I'm empty. I feel horrible you know I felt like I literally felt like my insides were rotting like I was rotting is how I felt yeah but I was like whatever I don't care I couldn't feel it that much so <laughs> I was like whatever but then after I'm done I'm completely done and so then I obviously kept seeing Kevin Kevin later found out about everything that was a whole other thing that was horrible but but God is good but God is good yeah. God Is good tell me about your uh, your rocks Okay, so I did have like a bunch of rocks. And I mean, like a new age queen other there, no that, I was, that I was with. He was like, Oh, that's why you're so crazy because all your rocks are put together and like they were in a jar. I would separate them by color. I was like, These are pink, so they like mean love or something. I don't remember. I would separate them, you know, manifest on them, whatever. I would wear the charge bracelets. Charge them. I would charge them. We'd put them out in the moonlight on a full moon. The whole thing. How? The whole thing. <laughs> the sand, the sand bowl where you recharge your like bracelets and your rocks it was my sister's sand bowl so like we would she would let me use it and i swore i would charge them on the like um, the the white clear thing whatever i, I don't I even know re- i remember they were they like you don't, don't need these memories and he threw them away but i was super into my rocks i was like this happened today because i'm wearing this rock you know or because i'm not wearing this rock it was a mm. whole thing that's not, that's not stressful. Yeah, you know, like, no, it was When it you was pick your stressful. outfit just to
0: pick your rocks. It like, was
1: stressful. And, like, I would carry some with me. I think I was, like, gifted rocks. And I would be, like, I would love. And thank then, you so like, much. There's rocks outside. <laughs> I'm not going to go and grab a rock and be, like, rock changed my life. You know? And that's kind of what, like, What's in purse, it, out, like it reminds me of that, bi- that biblical story of them, like, getting all their gold jewelry, putting it together and making a cow. And then they're, like, we're going to worship the cow. And then this guy comes back down, he's like, What are you guys doing? You look like clowns. And that's exactly what we were now looking back, we're like, we looked stupid. But in the moment, you feel like it's so real. Empowering. It's so empowering. It's so real. Like you're in control. It's and that's be just because the devil's such a liar. He's so good at lying. And the devil doesn't look like red with horns, horns and a yeah. He's gonna he's literally when God made him, God defined him as the sum of perfection. What does that tell you? He's going to look like perfection. He's going to look like the most perfect thing, the, the most beautiful thing. The, everything you ever wanted with a bow tie is what he's yeah. going to look like. And that's exactly when you know that's not it. Yeah, That's not from for God. For sure.
0: And, that, and I think that so many people get that confused, right? So many people are like, oh my gosh, this is everything I've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about God is grace, right? He's going to say, okay, you think that this is what you want? Perfect. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be your very destruction and you're going to end up on yeah. your
1: knees and you're going to end like, oh, well, I just surrendered. Yeah, I just remembered now why I was so into the rocks and all that stuff. I, I was seeing a psychic. Talk to me. Talk yes. to me. So that was like my therapist because I, I've never gone to like a therapist. Nothing against therapy. You should probably see the therapist. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you need anything Nothing against it. But I, in that moment, I was like, I don't want a therapist. I don't want someone to tell me basically that I'm wrong. That I'm in the wrong. Like, I don't need that. What's wrong with everybody else? I'm perfect, you know? And that's where my head was at. So I was seeing this psychic lady for a couple months. And funny enough, she took me just, like, everywhere she had led me, every time I had seen her, my life would completely be in destruction up until my next visit with her. And that's what kept me keep going. Mm -hmm. But every time I saw her, it's like, oh, you have this. And she impressed me. Obviously, I didn't know what words of knowledge were. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that people could prophesy. Um, what psychics do, obviously, is they prophesy in a negative way, Right. but they foretell something that's going to happen, and they're taking you against where God wants to take you, but she was telling me all these things about myself, about my family, about my past relationships, and I was so impressed. I'm like, wow, this woman must know. She must have the answers. Right. That's where my head was at. Oh, she must have the answers. I need to know where I'm going. I need to know who's going to be put in my path. You know, when right. am I going to get married? I used to, I always say this, I used to always think, I can't wait to be 30, because once I'm 30, I'll have it figured out, I'll be married with kids.
0: Not me at 27, not, still not, <laughs> still
1: that not was, figured it out. I, I took 13 going on 30, a little too literal, but hmm. I well, was like, once I'm 30, I'll have it figured out. No pixie dust on your literally, house, I get that, I get, I get that. that. Of mind, but <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> but that's literally where my head was at, so the fa- and I just felt like I was losing time. I felt like time is literally slipping away from me. I don't have anything put together. And how old were you? At that time? 19. What the? Or 20, something like that. The lie
0: of the enemy is grand. Grand, mommy. So I was like,
1: I'm I'm wasting time. I I don't know what to do. Like, all this stuff. Everyone in Miami sucks. Like, I'm not ever going to meet anyone. And my thing was, like, I always was in a relationship. I always, like, I could never be single. There. Yeah, we got to hop, 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 So hop. I would just hop, hop, hop. I would always what say the have a boy, a good boy best, hop. It was horrible. I used to literally say, like, I didn't care who I was around. I would always say, like, the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. And that was my that's motto. That's a Spanish saying. Un clavo saca otro clavo. Exactly. You know? And that's, so, oh, my gosh. Like, it's to, horrible. I grew up like that. That's horrible. And that's, and my family is amazing. They are, but they don't have, like, the biblical values. Yeah, the wisdom. Things. The wisdom that comes with it. Because I was saying they do have values, obviously. Yeah,
0: it's just that revelation, that yeah.
1: relationship that comes with God mm-hmm. that changes Like, a that relationship mindset. is holy. It's, a, it's supposed to be, like, a safe space, a holy space, a temple, worship. if you will. Yes, it's worship. And, like, for a relationship to not reflect that... It ain't from it, God. It can wreck everything in your life. Yeah. Everything. Because if that's your first relationship and God isn't your first relationship, then nothing in your life is going to go the way that it should. Yeah. So it's like your first relationship has to be with God. After God comes your spouse, then your kids, mm-hmm. you know, then your friendships, your families, whatever. But the first one has to be God. That's essential. Yeah. So if you put a, like a boyfriend in place in of that, God, plate, I, you're idolizing You're like completely screwing up your entire life and you don't even know it because it feels right. Because it feels like, wow, this is I love it. A you feeling. Know, you're happy. Yeah. Love is not a feeling. It's a Love choice. is a choice. Love is a choice that you have to make every single day. Like, a, a big thing that we always say, that we, me, and Kevin... Um, and I. An I love a good
0: grammar <laughs> a grammar correction. But,
1: um what was it about love? Oh, falling in love. Falling in love, that's just the devil taking something that God made beautiful and distorting it because falling in love, that's a feeling. Love is not a feeling. It's a, choice. a choice And I understand the whole falling in love. I get it. I know the difference between falling in love and like the actual love thing. I, mm-hmm. I I I really, and
0: and it goes back to the same thing. Like, the difference between I love you and I'm in love with you is Mm -hmm. effort. Yes. It's constant Mm -hmm. effort. This is a priority. This is um, something that I work at. This is something that we work at together. It's the same as your relationship with God. Yeah. You're not going to read the Bible one day and be like, That's it. We're good for (laughs) life. That's it. Hasta la muerte. No. Because that's going to fade. And then you're going to have a certain level of, Oh, my God. Think about Kevin. He texts you one time. You're his wife?
1: Exactly. Honey. No.
0: There's a lot more work yeah. <laughs> that needs to be put into this because exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm more precious than rubies. Mm. So going back to you looking for answers, right? Like yeah. when you found a psychic, how did you how did Jesus meet you? How did you meet Jesus? How did you transition over to this life?
1: Yeah. So I was um, I still had not been invited to church yet. Um, so I was seeing the psychic, and then I don't know why I—I I probably stopped because she was so expensive. It oh, and, like, they, and
0: they charge you, yeah, for oh, false yeah. advertisement.
1: Got yeah, it. yeah. It was like a little bit over a hundred dollars for like one hour. You know, and it's like I can't—I can't do that so much. Like <laughs> I have other things I have to pay for. So I think that's why I ultimately stopped. And then I think things with Kevin just got. Oh, and then I—you know—I met Kevin. Well, I met a whole bunch of guys. Guys that I don't want to like negatively but like just that we're not for me we're not mm-hmm. going in the same path and then finally I stopped seeing her when I met the guy that I was seeing be- like while before Kevin Kevin. and then I stopped seeing her and then I had Kevin there right after I threw the other one away and we love that cut our hair, need... got new cars yeah did the whole shebang exactly loved it so I didn't need to see her because I already had Kevin there in my head I'm like okay well whatever I was seeing her so I could get a guy and I got a guy so I'm good and <laughs> i would be paying money so I can find a man Yes. So that's like the, the void I would fill. Like, right. oh, I need a relationship. That was my void. Instead of like seeking God, having a relationship with God that would have solved everything. I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I just need another boyfriend. That'll fix it for me. Right. False. It does not fix it False for advertisement. Me. False advertisement. Even when I was with Kevin, things were still not good. Right. So things were still not good because he found out everything. I didn't tell him. He found out Yeah, everything. God is not going to leave him in the dark. And, he, and I'm so grateful that he found out because yeah. I would hate to have continued in our relationship and having to like be like, hey, you know that this happened when we started dating. I would not want to do that. We have two kids. I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, like I'm glad that he found out when he did. That was the perfect timing. It was horrible for me. It was like just terrible. But God will bring everything to, to light. light. Everything. So now I just stand by honesty. Yeah. I, like I stand by it. I will tell you the most. Word vomit. Thing, like <laughs> I, yeah, I'm too honest. Yeah, we, love I, we love it. We love an honest queen. Back to your question, which was. How did you meet? How I met God. Okay, right. So I was with Kevin, and my boss actually invited me to Brave. And so I was like, okay, sure, something new. And I went, and I wouldn't say that I encountered him that first day, but it definitely planted a huge seed. Okay. I just Okay, let's cut that off. I just did. I planted a huge seed. And um, <laughs> um, and I, it, it, like, I don't know how to say it. Like, it started like a little fire in me mm-hmm. that I just wanted to keep going to church right. I didn't know what it was I didn't know obviously oh it's the Holy Spirit oh it's God encountering your life like I didn't know it that much you know I've been to what right, church it is I just knew I liked that feeling I was having when I was there and I felt a lot of peace I was struggling with anxiety at the time and I had a lot of peace just going there so I kept going and funny enough we liked it so much we were going to a morning service and the 6 p.m service just because we loved it remember when
0: brave had a 6 p.m service yes the
1: best i loved it the fire service yeah the fire service so we were going in the morning and then we were going at night and we didn't live close to brave like it was a drive but we were like you know what it's worth it like we just loved it we loved being in the room we loved the word we loved everything about it and we're like okay and then that's kind of all we like we learned obviously a lot i would say we learned a lot of what got us to this point that I'm going to bring right. up now. But we definitely had, um, you know, we found love for God. We found, we found out what God is, which is love. That's, Brave is so good about introducing, I'm so sorry, there he is. There he is. He's, he's calling me. But Brave is so good about introducing God's love and community and just showing God's love through people, you know? Not just getting it from the source, like he's also impacting the people around you and they treat you so good and I loved that. I got pregnant with my first daughter, Violet, when I was still boyfriend and girlfriend with my now husband. Mm -hmm. We were just dating. We had just bought a house. We did things completely out of order. But we bought a house as boyfriend and girlfriend. And then um, our relationship still was rocky. But we bought a house um, because I had gotten kicked out of my house. And I was living at his house. And I was, like, kicked out and, like, not kicked out. I just felt weird going back. And I was like, okay. And his family was like, you got to figure something out. They have a full house, too. You know, he has siblings. So we're like, okay, we're going to get a place. But renting is too expensive. So we ended up buying a house. And not, like, the smartest decision. But we had. But Jesus turned something that the devil meant for bad, good. That's Uh, all I have to say. That's so, like, that's
0: just his staple. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly.
1: uh, That just fits Tell me God won't do it. Exactly. Yeah. So we bought the house. And then I got pregnant literally move-in day. And I did not know. The action didn't happen that day. Right. It but just that's the day that, like, on the calendar when you go to the doctor, that's, that's the day the they day. gave us. And I was like, okay, that's the day of, like, the baby was conceived. Um, and I didn't know I was pregnant, obviously. Um, that's a whole testimony. But I basically, I thought, I literally thought I had, like, ovarian cancer. That's what they told me about my daughter. Yeah. So I literally, I felt something very off immediately. And I was like, something's wrong with me. I was having such bad pain. I could not walk. I went to the doctor. The test came out negative because I was probably, what, a A week, (laughs) a couple days pregnant. The the tests were coming out negative. Um, They did an ultrasound, a vaginal ultrasound. They saw a bunch of fluid, fluid, cysts, blood, a bunch of a lot of stuff. But I just remember seeing on the camera, on the like not the camera, but the Ultrasound. ultrasound, just a bed of cysts. Literally looked like a bunch of balls in a ball pit. Is what it looked like and i was like those are my ovaries though." that's that's i was like wow and then they told me i had endometriosis and i just felt like my whole world just crumbled just crushed yeah. before my eyes and i was 20 something 22 23 22 and i was like oh my goodness and then they start telling you about the fertility they start telling you about all this stuff and your brain is not registering it right you're just like in shock like yeah and i remember i was pre- i was just i was crying like non-stop for like weeks I was just crying and crying. And I told Kevin, I'm like, look, I want to have a baby. Like, I, We need to start now because I don't know if I'm ever going to get pregnant, so i right. to start now. So yeah, basically, I was just so grateful that I was able to get pregnant. I never struggled with anything, really. And then it was so funny because when I had an ultrasound, a, like a pregnancy ultrasound, the next one, um, there was not one cyst Oof. in my ultrasound. And even the- Tell me God I won't do it. Even the tech was like, did they diagnose you with this? I'm like, yeah, they send the labs over. And she was like, there's not one sign. I remember her sentence. She said, there is not one sign of endometriosis. And I was just like, OK, I'm going to start crying right here. I did cry on the way home. I did cry. (laughs) But um, then nine months later, we have a healthy violet. And then I got postpartum depression, which was something I never struggled with. I've never struggled with depression. The only thing I really struggled with was anxiety um which is very different. Right. So now feeling all these emotions and thoughts that come with depression, I was like I don't like this. And I just remember I was like just stuck in bed. I didn't want to eat. Um I was just getting really demonic, horrible thoughts all the time. Yeah. Like nonstop horrible like, thoughts. Like what if my baby just dies right now, right now next to me. What if the ceiling falls? What if a plane I literally I literally thought what if a plane crashes into my house mm-hmm. and we die. I wouldn't even go and get in my car to get Starbucks, which is across the street, because I was like, what if I get in a car accident and die? Or what if my baby dies and I live? Like, I would have horrible thoughts. Postpartum, these are like these are yeah. surface thoughts compared to how bad the thoughts yeah, got. Yeah. I've been there. So, and then after learning a little bit that happens a lot with women, I was like, wow, it's just, we needed more Jesus on this yes. topic. But I got postpartum depression and i didn't know how to handle that and i wasn't even trying to handle it i was like yeah i'm gonna pray to god and yeah i was reading my word and i was watching the services but it still wasn't enough because i needed deliverance from this depression that i was dealing with and so i didn't know what deliverance was i didn't never heard of it i heard of deliverance but in a sense of like oh god's going to deliver you from this not like the ugly deliverance Mm. that happens And so, not the shit about a Honda's, no, you know, so my, I didn't even know what tongues was. Mm. I didn't even know. So my sister came over, she was there and she was doing like a um, revelations Bible study. So she was like reading and studying and stuff. What a book. What? A revelation, like. Yeah. Whenever I'm like, is the world ending? She's like, not yet. We haven't reached a seal. I'm like, awesome. Thank (laughs) you. So my husband was there. we were on the couch. It was me, my husband and my sister. And we were just all talking about her revelations bible study thing and my grandmother was in the room with the baby with my cousin i should mention my catholic grandmother and my catholic cousin mm-hmm. we're in the room with my little baby taking care of her just to give me a little bit of a break and we're all talking about revelations and whatever discoveries she made on revelations in her bible study and then oh this is a whole other story so my little brother he passed i am so, I have to like derail say a story so i can get back, get back to this here. okay So my little brother, uh, I had a little brother. He passed away when I was six. He jumped in our pool at four years old. And when he passed away, I remember having, like, I don't remember if it was months after, weeks after, days after, I don't remember. But I remember having a panic attack and just telling my mom, I want to feel him. I want to play with him. I don't know where he is. I want to see him. I want to be with him. I just want to be with him. You know, I want to know that he's with me. And Catholics believe that in the afterlife that our deceased, relatives are still with us that that they can watch over us that they can see us they believe that so my mom would tell me he's with you he's with you I'm like but I don't see him I don't feel him I want to feel him and so after that day I woke I had a panic attack I was crying I think for literally like maybe a whole entire day straight of just hyperventilating crying realizing my brother's not here anymore and after that day I woke up and I started feeling poking I still feel it I have not been delivered from that yet still working towards that I don't know what I need to do but I'm still working towards that Um, but it's like little poking around just my body. It's very innocent poking. Um, Now, obviously getting the lens from a biblical perspective, that's demonic and that's just a door that I opened. Um, so basically at that moment we were sitting on the couch back to the other story, we were sitting on the couch and it was me, my sister, my, my husband, and I felt the poking and I was like, wow, I haven't felt that in a really long time. And I had already realized, you know, this is not my brother. This is not biblical. And my sister goes, well, let's just pray. And Kevin, Kevin, already knowing, he goes, no, she can't pray out loud. I couldn't pray out loud, only in my head. And my sister goes, okay, so repeat after me. So she starts praying, and I'm just repeating after her. Just repeating, and just from that repeating, I started manifesting. Um, and I don't remember, I blacked out, but I remember bits and pieces of just jumping back in. Um, at the start of my manifesting, um, my grandmother walked out of the room, saw everything that was happening, got very scared, grabbed her stuff. She was like, peace out. She left. I was sweating. I don't really sweat. I never sweat, which is weird. Like Even if I work out, I will not sweat. I was sweating. Um, my arms were like flailing. I had zero control of my body. A normal, like if, you, if a doctor was there, the doctor would be like, oh, she's having a seizure. That's kind of, I guess, what you can envision. I wasn't saying anything. My personal being was in shock. I did not know what deliverance was. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know why I kept blacking out and coming back into my living room. Um, It was very, I was very scared, very scared. I was like, I don't know what's going on. And my sister didn't know what was going on. My husband didn't know what was going on. My sister was like, I think I've seen this. And she pulled out an Isaiah Saldivar video of him delivering someone. Mm -hmm. And just from that video, I could feel things happening. I wasn't, I don't know if I vomited or not. I remember trash can being there there was a lot going on and after that night I still wasn't fully delivered because we didn't know how to administer a deliverance right. nor did we even know what was really going on and we just t- spent the rest of the night after we like paused the deliverance I guess we binded it um, doesn't deliver it but we binded right uh, sealed that yeah we sealed that and we just spent the rest of the night worshiping for about two hours that week coming after that was horrible Because I was trying to learn what is deliverance. Right. My church at that time didn't teach that, so I didn't know, and I was just like trying to find answers, trying to read the Bible. I didn't even know what parts of the Bible to To read. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. I remember I was just crying, crying, and I was so petrified. I was so filled with fear. Um. And that that was a Saturday night. That I told my I told my husband I want to go to church Sunday Sunday morning. Yeah. I "I need church. Swan dive. Yeah. So we went to church the next day. And then after that is when I finally got out of the house from that postpartum. So it did help. A lot was broken off of me that night. We yeah. didn't know what we were doing, but a lot was broken. off. God knew what he was doing. I didn't have depression after that day. I was still struggling with like, you know, just postpartum in general. Right. There's so much. There's so much new stuff that you're learning. You're learning how to be a mom. You're learning how to deal with your own emotions before you can deal with a child's theirs, yeah. emotions. Um, but that depression was gone. That yeah. was broken off. and. I was even scared. I was like, where is it? I was like, what's going on? Like, I don't know like, what's um, going on.
0: I've been living with this for three months. Like, yeah. how, do I, I felt, how do I function? I felt
1: such a shift. And I, in that moment, I felt the fear of God. I hadn't felt. I felt the love of God, not the fear of God. Mm-hmm. And the two are very different. different. Yeah. And I felt the fear of God in that moment. And I was like, I need to learn more about this because I don't know what this is. And quite frankly, I'm scared of it. So it's nothing to be scared of. I just needed to learn about it so that's exactly what i did i went and i started learning about it and um where was i going mom mom brain (laughs) and okay so so that's how you met him so that's where i I encountered encountered god and i had jesus before but i was still kind of living my own way Mm -hmm. and we got married when i was pregnant with violet So, so jesus was savior he just wasn't lord yes yes exactly like i still wanted to call the shots but you know, I love you Jesus. Yeah. And like you can love Jesus, but you need to fear God. Right. And if you don't fear God, he's not lord. The whole thing's going to crumble. Cuz each piece of the cross, like the cross needs all four pieces. It can't just have one piece. That's not the cross, you know. Right. So, I don't know if that makes sense, but that makes sense in my brain, in my like <laughs> mom brain. Um <laughs> yeah yeah. well so
0: so that was my next question like what was broken off of you because I feel like after every encounter with Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit there is something that is broken off of you for freedom exactly you know so the fact that that depression was broken off of you and you can go outside to get Starbucks after three months yes (laughs) you know Um, Now I'm not holding myself back Kevin is holding me back yeah. but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good because after postpartum I drank coffee every single day. Yeah. I never drank
1: coffee before that in my, in my yeah. life. I, I, I had a baby teacher. and I'm like
0: oh, caffeine all the time. Where is it? I need yeah. it on tap. Like, Kevin asked me the other day he's like
1: you've been drinking a lot of coffee. Are you okay? I'm like I'm I,
0: Yeah. Just, I'm, okay. I'm a new mom again. Yeah. Again. Uh, yeah. Um, so the next question really is like what's your new God-given assignment? Mm-hmm. You know like once you're in the world the, the world defines you. Yeah. You know the world tells you if you're not clubbing you're boring, mm-hmm.
1: you know? Um, what does God say that you were meant to do on this earth? So, I was, because I got postpartum depression and my birth itself was very traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Um, my pregnancy was smooth. I was very grateful to be pregnant, especially after getting that diagnosis. You know, my pregnancy right. was very smooth. It was beautiful. I loved it. I didn't love every bit of it, but I loved being pregnant nonetheless. Yeah, we'll talk to Eve about it when we get to that. Yeah, because exactly. that girl's yeah. going to catch these hands. Yeah. That girl's going to catch <laughs> Stop them. Stop. <it>. Go ahead. <laughs> it's adam's fault not eve because oh, i family. know okay Oof, adam it's adam's fault adam led made the apple fall okay moving on moving on um the question again <laughs>
0: sorry it's okay what's your new god oh.
1: give it a side oh okay i got it i got it okay so um my birth itself was very traumatizing so and postpartum was traumatizing because i had to deal with depression which was something i never struggled with so i was like i was in like the seeds were planted of, I don't know if I could do this again. And I knew, I knew in my heart that I wanted more children. I don't even, I can't even tell you how many children I want because I don't even know. I know I want minimum four. Okay. We, but it could we be, love um, We could be, I could be like that great grandma that has like 13 kids. Like that could be me. Okay. So in my head, I'm like, the first one was so traumatizing that I don't know if I could do this again. It was a C-section and that, that Same. pain was horrible. And I'm like, I don't want to have another C-section. The lord is good i didn't have another season gonna be back yes oof that's gonna be me and it was the most enjoyable moment it, the birth like my like my second daughter's birth was like one of the best moments of my life i was <sighs> literally no pain i was having just the best experience but we were laughing like having a normal conversation kevin was sweating on the side but like everyone but you. Else was like chill <laughs> we were like great no problem God's he's glory. like we squeezing my baby i'm like everything's great everything's chill it was so beautiful. It was just really miraculous. Like he showed up. He was in the room. Yeah. That's amen. all I have He delivered to say. your baby. He delivered the baby. Yeah. He delivered his baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> but OK, so your new assignment. New assignment. So I was like, I don't know if I wanted to do this again, but I knew that I wanted children. And I feel it deep in my core that my purpose pertains to like saving children, like helping children, raising up the new generation. You know, someone has to do it. Raising kids is not easy. It's not for everyone. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I have all the patience in the world. I don't. But I genuinely have such a heart for kids. I yeah. love kids. And I didn't when I was in the world. So it's funny that that's just wow. the way that God changes you. Because when I was in the world, I didn't like kids. I would hear a kid crying and I was like, get it out of here. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I had zero <laughs> tolerance for kids. Oh, God was up there laughing, bro. Yeah. <laughs> God was like the devil's really trying to like pin you to like not like kids and like I just I didn't like them in the moment like I see a baby and I'd be like cool but I didn't feel anything yeah like now I could look at like a stranger baby and be like the most beautiful thing in the world you know now I looked at my newborns and I was like beautiful Mm -hmm. you look back at pictures you're like not so much you know a mother's love a mother's love (laughs) but yeah so it's just funny that so you want to help children so my thing is children helping children we want to now I don't want to just have babies I also we also plan on fostering and adopting uh, babies in the future, obviously, we need a source. God kind of already told me, like, I'm going to figure that part out. Just the way, because I get overwhelmed, and I'm like, the purpose is so big.
0: What if yeah. I can't do it?
1: What if oh. You pick the wrong one. Pick someone else, you know? This podcast. Yeah. Pick, talk talk pick, to somebody else. Exactly. Talk. Pick Mm-mm. someone else. And I was just like, and what God said was, just do the next step. Don't do the next 500 steps. Just do the next step. Just worry about the next step you're going to take. Because if you worry too much about the end goal, you're never going to get there. You're going to do anything. You're going to get stressed out, and you're not going to get there. So my thing is I just want to adopt and foster, and I want to have all babies, all of them. And what, is that, like, what does that
0: look like? Like, you're going to make homeschooling? So, like, you're going to um, do, like, I the feel whole...
1: Like, I feel like I'm a whole thingy. Um, so we want to homeschool all our babies. And it's so funny because when I was in the world... I didn't want. I didn't like kids, but I wanted to be a teacher. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Like I, not that I always knew. I don't. don't want to say I always knew. But like when I was more of an adult, I liked it. But I always said it doesn't make any money, and I'm not going to do something that doesn't make money. That's so funny now because. Jehovah Stay at home mom is my goal. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Like same. Not for the reasons that people think. It's a lot harder than what people would think, think. Yeah. But I want to homeschool all my kids. I want to teach them. I want to teach them, not just. Like the basics, math, English, reading, whatever. I want to teach them like God's word. I want them to know God's word because yeah. I'm not going to say that I wasn't introduced to God, but I didn't, I, was, I didn't know the Bible. And yeah, I read my little Bible stories and things like that. But that's very different. No, like encounter. Than an encounter and enforcing. Mm-hmm. You know, like something that I was never told was wait till marriage. I was never told that. I knew it. Like, you know it as a, an adult. Or right. As a teen. A like principal. You no, know, as a principal. Like, oh, you should wait till marriage, but no one does it. And yeah, everybody's like, okay. And my family's not even telling me to do it, and they didn't, so why should I? Right. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to break that generational curse, and just because culture says it's okay doesn't mean it's okay. Right. And I want my children to grow up knowing god's voice right not the voice of the enemy influencing children in schools and all that stuff like i see what's happening in schools and it breaks my heart i don't i, cry, I don't want i to cry my child all the
0: time like i scroll through tiktok to see like what is happening in schools and i'm it's like horrible. <gasps> my kid cannot go to school like no, period. period it's just not happening so the fact yeah. that you're homeschooling hmm, you have a student in my child I have, done done
1: i have my whole little school that i'm gonna make yeah but yeah we want to do the whole thing eventually i want to have my, bi- my big farm yeah i don't know i want to we want to move somewhere we're not like set on a location we're waiting for god to give that location to us and he kind of has but i hate saying it this way but like we need a lot of confirmation Information,
0: yeah because
1: we need to know where we're going to plan ourselves it's going to be where god wants us to be not where we want us to be right because there's a lot of places that there's a lot of places that you like i don't want to go to mm-hmm. but if god says speaks it he tells us to go to
0: Pack we your bags. There, yeah. Pack your
1: bags, and it's hard because all of our family's here. Right, but God when said. God
0: speaks, <laughs> God said, "You do." So yeah, I feel that. Um, and how yeah. how can other moms connect with you? Because I'm sure that there will be other moms that are listening to this that say, um "School can't have that." Can connect not. with me, like socials. Yeah, socials, like where where they also have that that burden in their heart yeah. for this kind of ministry where they can connect and we can push like the goal is to come together as the body mm. to push this for the kingdom yeah. to push this for the kingdom so mm. how can they connect with you how like what are your socials so that i we would
1: definitely can- say just like reach out to me on instagram you can send me a message they'll be calling me because i <laughs> what's never your instagram? have my phone on me what's your instagram uh, my instagram is veronica pauline so okay just- veronica pauline you can tag it <laughs> okay <laughs> um But yeah, like I genuinely love helping other other women, other moms, because I feel like being young, being Christian and a mom, it's a very like narrow group, not saying you have to be young. Not not saying that you have to be those things to reach out, you can reach out. I'm I'm an approachable person. But it's really hard for people to see things the way you see things. Yeah. Like I I find Someone young, and they're like, Oh, your mom? Like, oh, that sucks. And I'm like, It actually doesn't. Like, it's the I, best it's thing ever. It's actually the best thing ever. Like, it's everything I could have wished for. Yeah. You know, it's everything I could have prayed for. Um, so I just feel like it was hard for me to find that community because I had community, but just not the same community that understood what I was going through. Right. And even though everyone around me was like supportive and loving, it still wasn't enough right. because I still didn't feel like someone understood me. I yeah. I so didn't feel like, oh, you're actually hearing me. Because it was also my, I'm thinking more like back to my, when my daughter, my first daughter was born, it was like another COVID spike mm-hmm. and everyone wanted to see the baby. And I was kind of like, mama bear, don't touch my baby. Don't mm-hmm. come in my house. Don't. None don't, of it. None of it. Yeah. yeah. And I was definitely enforcing that boundary hard. And I'm not going to say if I could go back, I would change it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't it change it. It just happened. It. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. I was protecting my baby and I was doing everything in my power to protect my baby. Um, but I definitely feel like I could have been maybe more gentle about it or kinder, you know, showed like people were supportive, but I felt like a lot of their support was more towards, like, oh, let me know if you need anything for the baby. And I was yeah. like, who's there for me? <laughs> how about me? Well, and the beautiful people thing is were, and people were there for God. me too. God was there. God was definitely <laughs> God. there. But a lot of times, like, I would just find myself obviously crying and I'm like, who can I talk to? Who can I yeah. tell that I'm crying? You know? Well, that's,
0: good. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. how, those moms that are like, hey, how can I?
1: How, yeah how can exactly. I connect who
0: can I who's gonna care for me who's gonna pray for mm-hmm. me who's gonna cover me and um, that was another
1: thing who's gonna pray for me like yes my husband was praying and covering us 100% yeah but like other moms I need a mom moms. community Christian friends where it's like I'm gonna pray for you and like you feel it like yeah. the other night we were doing a group prayer um, we do it like a group prayer once a week and a woman in the group prayer she said it was it wasn't like a mom's prayer or anything it was just our, our net prayer and she said, um, I've already prayed over everyone, covered everyone with blood, protected everyone from this. And, that. and she was like saying that. And that night, I felt the difference. Yeah. I felt that prayer. Like God enforced it. And God is going to keep all his promises. He's right. going to enforce it, but we also have to do our part. Yeah. You know? So- and that's the beautiful thing about like this. Mm-hmm. So
0: I just want to thank you, honestly, for your vulnerability. I want to mm-hmm. thank you for coming on this podcast and sharing your testimony. I know that. that- can't be easy um and i just want to pray for you like as we close this podcast and and cover your family because i understand that revelation 12 says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony so right now father god right now i just lift up vero and her family that anything that she sets, that you have put in her spirit father God that it will come to pass because you are a promise keeper you are a way maker father God I cover her her husband her family her two babies all her pets in the blood of Jesus father God and the full armor of God I put a hedge of protection around them I thank her for her life I thank you for her life father God I thank you for her purpose for the moms that are going to connect with her for the lives that she is going to change for the children and the generation that is to come father God thank you for what you are doing in her life Continue to pursue her, Father God. Continue to show her the next step. Give her the boldness. Give her the courage, Father God, to take the next step no matter what it costs, Father God. And I just thank you and I love you in Jesus' name. Amen.